بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله وسلم وبارك على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين رب شرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وأحل العقدة من لساني يفقه قولي اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا ونفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما Last week we spoke about Abu Bakr al-Siddiq and the compilation of the Qur'an in one mushaf. And before that we talked about the hurub al-riddah, the wars against the apostates that Abu Bakr al-Siddiq waged against those who left Islam after the passing away of the Prophet And alhamdulillah, we spoke about those wars in detail and how Abu Bakr as-Siddiq and the Muslim armies were successful by the permission of Allah in bringing back the Arabian Peninsula under Islam. So now, alhamdulillah, the Arabian Peninsula is Muslim. Alhamdulillah. All right, so after the stabilization of the Arabian Peninsula back upon Islam, Abu Bakr as-Siddiq he set his sights on spreading Islam, spreading the justice of Islam outside the borders of the Arabian Peninsula. Now it's time to go for expansion. And the two biggest kingdoms at that time, the two biggest empires at that time were the Byzantine Roman Empire and the Persian Empire. So the Byzantine Roman Empire, they were to the north of the Arabian, Arabian Peninsula and to the west. And the Persian Empire was to the east of the Arabian Peninsula. And these were basically the two biggest empires of that time. The two biggest and also most powerful empires of that time. The Byzantine Romans and the Persians. Now the rulers of these empires, the ruler of the Persian Empire and the ruler of the Byzantine Empire, they were oppressors. They were people who considered themselves as being above the level of other human beings. And they believed basically that the purpose of the existence of other people was to serve them. So they were oppressors, they were unjust, and they treated their people in a very bad way. So Abu Bakr as-Siddiq wanted to bring Islam to these lands, to free these people from this oppression. Even if they were not to convert to Islam, but they were living under Muslim rules, they would not be oppressed. They would be able to live in peace. So Abu Bakr as-Siddiq he wanted to spread the justice of Islam beyond the borders of the Arabian Peninsula. So he set his sights on these empires, on the Roman Empire and the Persian Empire. So he decided to start with the Persian Empire first. He decided to start by sending an army to the Persian lands to conquer that land in order to bring Islam to those lands so that the people living in those lands could live a life of justice instead of being under oppression. So he set his sights on the Persian Empire. Now this was the biggest and most powerful empire at that time. And if you remember from the seerah, the Prophet ﷺ previously, he had sent a letter to the ruler of the Persian Empire, the Kisra. The Kisra of the Persian Empire, during that time, the time of the Prophet ﷺ, was a man named Aparwais. And the Prophet ﷺ sent him a letter 
And the text of that letter read, Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, Mim Muhammad Rasulillah, Ila Kisra Azimi Faris, Salamun Ala Manitaba Al Huda, Wa Amana Billahi Wa Rasuli, Wa Shahida Allah Ilaha Illallah Wahdahu La Sharikala, Wa Anna Muhammadan Abduhu Wa Rasulu, Wa Aduka Bidiayatillah, Fainni Anna Rasulullah Ilan Nasi Kafa. لأنذر من كان حيا ويحق القول على الكافرين فأسلم تسلم فإن أبيت فإن إثم المجوس عليك. So the Prophet ﷺ sent him this letter, inviting him to Islam. So when the Kisra received this letter and he started to read it, he just read the first couple of lines. بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم من محمد رسول الله إلى كسرى and he didn't read the rest of the letter. After he read just this part, he ripped up the letter and he threw it. And he said, how can this person dare to start with his name before my name? Because the letter, it said, Min Muhammad Rasulillah ila kisra azimi faris. So the name of the Prophet ﷺ was first, and then the name of the kisra came after that. So the Kisra was so offended, he's so arrogant, this guy. He was so offended that the name Muhammad was written before Kisra. So he said, how dare he put his name before my name? And he ripped up that letter. And when the Prophet got news of this, that the Kisra ripped up the letter that he had sent, the Prophet made dua against the Kisra and he said, May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tear his his kingdom to shreds. So the Kisra, he ripped up that letter and that was not all. He was so mad, so angry, so offended that he sent a message to his governor in Yemen. See, the Persian Empire was so huge that it reached all the way to Yemen. Yemen was under the Persian Empire and the governor of Yemen under the Kisra was a man named Badan, a Persian man named Badan. He was the governor of Yemen. So the Kisra sent a letter to his governor in Yemen, Badan. And he said in this letter, send two of your men to Medina. Send two of your men to Medina and bring this man Muhammad to me. Bring this man Muhammad to me. The Kisra ordered Badan to, to actually send two men to Medina. And those two men should actually take the Prophet Muhammad by force and bring him to the Kisra. So Badan, he had to follow these orders. So he sent two of his men to Medina. And they actually met the Prophet wasallam. And these two Persian men, they said, you need to come with us. You need to come with us because the Kisra wants to see you. And the Prophet wasallam said to them, your Kisra has died tonight. He just died tonight. The Kisra has died tonight. And then these two men said, if he died tonight, how can you know right now? It takes two weeks for news to come from Persia to the Arabian Peninsula. If he died tonight, there is no way. How can you know that right now? And then the Prophet ﷺ said to these two men, just go to Badan, go back to Yemen, go to Badan and, and tell him what I told you, that the Kisra died on tonight. So these two men, they're very confused and they're like, what is he talking about? But they went back to Yemen and they went to Badan and they told Badan what the Prophet ﷺ told them, that the Kisra died on such and such night. So Badan said, okay, well, if he's saying that, let's see. 
the news it'll take about two weeks to get here. If that news is true, then there is no way that he could have known that except if he received revelation from above. And that will prove that he is actually telling the truth and he is a messenger of Allah. So let's just wait. Let's wait and see what news comes in two weeks. So sure enough, about two weeks later, the news came to them that the Kisra had died. The Kisra was actually murdered by his own son. His son wanted to take power from him. See the dua of the Prophet ﷺ? He said, Mazzaqallahu mulka. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rip up his kingdom. And what happened to this guy? What was the end of this man? His own son killed him in order to take power from his father. So the news came to Badan that yes, Kisra was actually killed on the same night that the Prophet ﷺ had mentioned. So Badan said, okay, that's it. I accept Islam. Badan, this Persian man who was the governor of Yemen under the Kisra, he accepted Islam. He became a Muslim and that is how Yemen accepted Islam. Yemen became Muslim under Badan as well. Alhamdulillah. And they separated themselves from the Persian Empire. So that's just a brief recap of what happened during the time of the Prophet ﷺ and the Prophet ﷺ's communication with the Persian Empire. Alright, so now back to the time of Abu Bakr as-Siddiq So now Abu Bakr as-Siddiq he sets his sights on the Persian Empire starting with Iraq. Starting with Iraq. So he sends an army to Iraq under Khalid ibn al-Walid. Khalid ibn al-Walid is his star commander. So he sends an army to Iraq under Khalid ibn al-Walid and he sends Al-Qa'qa' ibn Amr with Khalid as support. And Abu Bakr an, he instructed Khalid, he said, when you go, start with the area known as Al-Abullah. Al-Abullah is an area in uh, southern Iraq, which is near the Tigris River. Iraq, it has two main rivers, the Tigris River and the Euphrates River. So Al-Abullah is an area that is near the Tigris River, near Basra, in the south part of Iraq. So Abu Bakr, he instructed Khalid, start with Al-Abullah, start with that area, the south part of Iraq. Now Abu Bakr as-Siddiq also sent another army to Iraq. Khalid's army was one army, but he also sent another army to Iraq, to the northern part of Iraq. So he sent one army under Khalid to the southern part of Iraq, another army under Ayyad ibn Ghanam to the northern part of Iraq. And he sent as a support to Ayyad ibn Ghanam in the northern part of Iraq, Abdi Aghuth al-Humayri. That was to support Ayyad ibn Ghanam. So Ayyad was to start in the north of Iraq and he told him to start with a place called Al-Musayf in the north of Iraq, uh, right on the coast of the Euphrates River in the north part of Iraq. So Ayyad in the north, Khalid in the south. And the plan was them, the plan was for them to eventually meet in the middle. So Khalid is going to start from the south and work his way up towards the north. Ayyad is going to start in the north and work his way down to the south and eventually they will join forces in the middle. Alright, so let's start with Khalid ibn al-Walid in the south of Iraq. So when Khalid reached nearby his destination where he was going to start in the place called Al-Abullah, he divided his army into three factions. He put Al-Muthanna ibn Harith al-Shaybani in charge of one faction. He put Adi ibn Hatim Al-Ta'i in charge of the second faction and he put himself in charge of the third faction. Khalid ibn al-Walid himself took control of the third faction. Alright. 
Khalid, now that he has divided his army into three sections, including one section which he was leading himself, he sent the other two sections, the section under Al-Muthanna and the other section under Adi, he sent them ahead and he said, I will meet you. So you go ahead and we will meet in the area called Al-Hufair. We'll meet in the area called Al-Hufair and this is a, just a few miles away from Basra near Al-Abullah where he was going to start. So he said, we'll meet in Al-Hufair. Now, the Persian governor of that area was a man named Hormuz. Hormuz was the governor of that area and he was a person who was hated by the people. Hormuz was a zalim, he was an oppressor, he was an evil man. He was a ruthless tyrant, so he was hated by the people. And he was the governor of this area. He was the governor of this, this area where Khalid and his army were trying to go. Now he got the news that Khalid and this army is coming towards Al-Hufair. So Hormuz quickly went to Al-Hufair first to take control of the area before the Muslim army could come. So when the Muslim army arrived, they saw that Hormuz and his forces had already secured that land. So there was no way that they could go to Al-Hufair. So when Khalid realized this, he changed course. He said, okay, instead of Al-Hufair, we're going to change course and we're going to start in the area called Kalvima. Kalvima is another area around that general location. He said, we'll start there instead. So he changed course instead of going to Al-Hufair, he shifted course to Kalvima. And Hormuz heard about this as well. So he said, quickly, we need to go to Kalvima and get there before the Muslim army gets there so we can secure that place. And Hormuz and his army actually also reached Al-Kalvima before the Muslims reached there. So now the Muslims reached Kalvima and they see Hormuz and his forces are already there. But Khalid decides not to move again. He's not going to change course again. He said, we'll fight them. Even if they have gotten there first and they have taken the strategic locations, they have that advantage because they got that first, there first, we will still fight them anyways, inshallah. So Khalid himself, the commander of the army, he challenged Hormuz to a duel, to a mubaraza. He said, you come out and fight me one-on-one. -on -one. Let's see. So Khalid, mashallah, he was known for his bravery and he was known for his excellence in fighting and military skill. So he challenged the commander of the Persian army here, Hormuz, come and fight me one-on-one. -on -one. So Khalid, when he issued this challenge, Hormuz agreed. He said, okay, I'll fight you one-on-one. -on -one. So they started fighting. And they're both fighting. The fighting becomes very intense. But then Khalid starts to get the upper hand. And it becomes clear that Hormuz is about to be defeated. So when the Persian army sees that, that their commander Hormuz is about to be defeated, they jump in. They jump in in order to help Hormuz against Khalid. And this is against the rules of Mubaraza. It was well known, you know, it was well accepted rule that if two people are fighting a duel, nobody gets involved in that. It's just one-on-one. -on -one. And no one from either side is allowed to come and, and help. This was something that was accepted by everyone. And this is a, a very major form of betrayal. If a person who is in a duel gets support from his side. And that makes it very unfair. So it was very well known. If it's a duel, it's one-on-one -on -one and that's it. Nobody helps anyone. It's just one-on-one. -on -one. But the Persians, they were people of betrayal. So, when they saw that their commander was about to be defeated by Khalid, they jumped in and they tried to help him. 
when Qa'qa ibn Amr, who was one of the soldiers on Khalid's side that Abu Bakr al-Siddiq had sent with him as a reinforcement and support, when Qa'qa saw that the Persians were getting ready to help Hurmuz, Qa'qa immediately he mobilized the Muslim army and he said, we need to fight them before they can get to Hurmuz and help him to defeat Khalid. We can't let that happen. So then the fighting between both armies began. Even before the duel between Khalid and Hurmuz was finished, both armies started fighting with each other. And eventually, Alhamdulillah, Khalid ibn al-Walid was able to kill Hurmuz. So the commander of this Persian army is dead now. And the Muslims, Alhamdulillah, they get an upper hand and they, they slaughter many Persians. Many of these disbelievers from the Persian army were killed at the hands of the Muslim army, Alhamdulillah. And the Persians under Hormuz suffered a very heavy, heavy defeat at Kalvima. They suffered a very heavy defeat and the Muslims, Alhamdulillah, they had a resounding victory and they actually killed the commander of that army, Hormuz. And the Muslims collected great spoils of war on that day. They collected a lot of spoils of war, Alhamdulillah. And the Persians, they were chained to one another so that they wouldn't run away. Muslims, they don't need anything like that, Alhamdulillah. They're fighting for Allah. So they're not going to run away from the battlefield. But the Persians, you know, they're not fighting for Allah. So their commanders always feared that they would run away from the battlefield if things got difficult. So the Persian army, the soldiers, they were actually chained to one another. They were actually chained to one another to prevent them from running away. So Khalid ibn al-Walid, alhamdulillah, he was able to collect a lot of spoils of war from that victory at Kalvima, And he sent the good news to Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anhu with this victory. And he also sent one-fifth of the spoils of war for the Baytul Mal to Abu Bakr al-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. So this was the first victory, alhamdulillah, of the Muslims against the Persians. This was actually the first ever battle between the Muslims and the Persians. And alhamdulillah, there was a decisive Muslim victory. So Abu Bakr as-Siddiq received this good news from Khalid while the Kisra, and by, by this time the Kisra was a man named Al-Dashir. So Al-Dashir, he received the bad news that his army had been defeated. And he was very angry and very upset. How could this small Muslim army defeat the army of the Persians? We are the strongest, we are the strongest empire in the world. How were we defeated by the Muslims. He was very upset and very angry. And the capital of the Persian Empire at that time was in a place called Madain. Now Madain is actually made up of two cities on the coast of the Tigris River. And it is south of what is modern day Baghdad. Modern day Baghdad in Iraq. If you go south of there, that is where Madain was located. And Madain was right on the coast of the Tig Tigris River, south of Baghdad. And Madain actually comprised of, of two cities, one on the west of the Tigris and one on the east of the Tigris. And the capital of the Persian Empire was in Madain on the east side, on the east side of the Tigris River. 
So if you imagine Iraq, Iraq is basically two main rivers. There are two main rivers that flow through Iraq. There's the Tigris River and there is the Euphrates River. The Tigris River is in the east and the Euphrates River is in the west. So just think about the Tigris River in the east and east of that river is where the capital of the Persian Empire is, east of the Tigris. And the Euphrates River, which is in the west, if you go west of the Euphrates River, that is where the Arabs, the Arabs who were under the umbrella of the Persian Empire used to live. There were some Arabs who were actually al aligned with the Persians and they used to live on the west side of the Euphrates River. So just think of these two rivers, the Tigris and the Euphrates. On the east of the Tigris is where the capital of the Persian Empire is. And on the west of the Euphrates is where the Arabs who lived under Persian rule used to live. So that is basically the geography of the area. All right, so the Kisra, he was in Madain, his capital, on the east of the Tigris River, south of what is modern-day Baghdad. And this news reaches him. This news reaches him that his army, the army of Hormuz, has been defeated. So he's very angry, and he decided to send a new army. He decided to send another army to fight against the Muslims. So he sent this army under the command of a man named Qarin ibn Qiryanis, Persian, Qarin ibn Qiryanis. He is the commander of this new army that the Kisra dispatches. And Qarin ibn Qiryanis, he had his own army and he also gathered the remaining members of the previous army that had been defeated <coughs> at Kavima. There were some survivors of the Persians in that army. He gathered them as well and they joined his ranks as well. So now this is a new army under Qarin ibn Qiryanis. They gathered at a place called Athini. Athini is still in the same general area near Basra. So Qarin ibn Qiryanis and his army, his Persian army, they gather at Athini. When Khalid learned about this, oh, Kisra, he sent another army. He still wants to fight us. Okay, let's go fight them. So Khalid, he takes his army to Athini to confront this new Persian army under Qarin ibn Qiryanis. So now the Muslims and the Persians are face to face once again. The Muslims now are facing a new Persian army with a new commander, Qarin ibn Qiryanis. Now Qarin, the commander of this Persian army at Athini, he asks for a duel. He asks for a mubaraza. Will anyone come out to fight me one on one? So one of the members of Khalid's army, a man named Ma'qil ibn al-A'asha al-Nabash. Ma'qil, he offers to fight Qarin in this duel. So the two of them are dueling. Ma'qil al-Asha against Qarin ibn Qiryanis. And alhamdulillah, Ma'qil, the Muslim, is able to kill Qarin. So now the commander of the Persian army, the commander of the second Persian army, is also dead. Just like Hormuz was killed in a duel, Qarin has also been killed in a duel as well. And now the two armies face off. They start fighting face to face. And alhamdulillah, the Muslims are able to inflict very heavy casualties on the Persian army once again, just like they did at Kalzima. Now they're doing the same thing at Athini. And the Kuffar, they tried to run away. And the Muslims followed them. And they try, the Kuffar tried to escape, but the river is right there. 
the river is right in front of them. The Tigris River is there, so there's no way to escape. So many of the Persian army, they actually drowned in the river trying to escape. So again, another very decisive victory for the Muslims under Khalid ibn al-Walid, walhamdulillah. So Khalid, he took control of that land as well. And again, he sent the good news to Abu Bakr as-Siddiq radiallahu anhu. Now, now Abu Bakr radiallahu anhu, he gets the news of the second victory, the second consecutive victory by Khalid ibn al-Walid by the permission of Allah, alhamdulillah. Now Kisra, he gets his second dose of bad news that first your army of Hurmuz was defeated, now the army of Qaris, now, now the army of Qarin ibn Qiryanis has also been defeated. So now Kisra is very mad. The Muslims have defeated us not once, but now twice in a row. So he's so angry. How can there be two losses like this? We are the most powerful empire in the world. How can this be happening? So now Kisra in his anger, he organized not one, but two new armies, two new armies. One army under the commander named Andar Ghazar and another army under Bahman Jadawe. Two armies, Andar Ghazar and Bahman Jadawe were the commanders of these two armies. So these two armies, they reached a place called Al-Walaja, also in the same general area. This is all happening in the same general area in the south of Iraq. So these two armies, these two Persian armies, they reached Al-Walaja and Khalid ibn al-Walid, he reaches there afterwards. And they fight once again, the third battle. And Alhamdulillah, same result as the first two battles. Khalid, he defeated these two armies. Khalid's army defeated both of these armies. And the commander of the first army, Andar Ghazar, he was killed. But the commander of the second army, Bahman Jadawe, he was able to escape. Andar Ghazar was killed, but Bahman Jadawe escaped. But the Muslims, Alhamdulillah, they had a very decisive victory once again. And the Persian army had to flee. Now this is the third consecutive victory of Khalid ibn Walid, Alhamdulillah, against the Persians. Now, as we mentioned, there were some Arabs who lived under Persian rule. They were allied with the Persians. One of those tribes was a tribe named Banu Bakr ibn Wa'il. There were some Christians of the tribe of Banu Bakr ibn Wa'il who were aligned with the Persians. And they used to live on the west of the Euphrates River. Like we mentioned, the Arabs who were aligned with the Persians, they used to live on the west side of the Euphrates River. So the tribe of Banu Bakr ibn Wa'il, the Christians of that tribe, they were very upset with the Muslims' victory against the Persians. So they decided, the tribe of Banu Bakr ibn Wa'il, the Arab tribe, the Christians of these tribes, this tribe decided to form their own army in order to fight Khalid ibn al-Walid. And they sent a message to the Kisra, these Arabs, Christian Arabs, they sent a letter to the Kisra saying, we want to fight Khalid, so you send us some support. Send us some support, some Persian support, and we will fight Khalid on your behalf. So the Kisra, he sent the message to Bahman Jadawe. Remember, Bahman Jadawe was the commander who was able to escape in the previous battle. One of the commanders was killed under Ghazar, but Bahman Jadawe was able to escape. So Kisra sends a message to Bahman Jadawe, and he says, Gather whoever is left of your army, whoever survived from your army, gather them and go to Banu Bakr ibn Wa'il. And 
they will be the commanders and you and your remaining men should fight under them. So now Bahman is not going to be the commander anymore. He has to fight under the Christians of Banu Bakr ibn Wa'il who are not even Persians. They are Arabs. They're not Persians. So Bahman, Jadaway, when he got this message from Kisra, he didn't like it. He had this pride. He said, I'm a Persian. How can I fight under the Arabs? I'm a big commander of the Persian army. How can I fight under the Arabs? He felt that that was a shameful thing to do. So his arrogance didn't let him do this. But at the same time, he could not say no to a command by the Kisra. How can he say no? So what he decided to do was to make some excuse to go to the capital and meet the Kisra himself. And he put another man, another Persian man named Jaban in charge of his army instead in his place. So he told Jaban, you're going to do this. You go to Banu Bakr ibn Wa'il and you take the army and you fight along their sides. And I'm going to go to the Kisra and I'm going to talk to him about some matters. So Bahman Jadaway, he left. He went to meet the Kisra. While Jaban took his place and he went to go and support Banu Bakr ibn Wa'il. When Bahman, when he reached Madain, when he reached the capital, he found that the Kisra was ill. The Kisra was not well. So he stayed and he waited. He waited at the capital. He waited at Madain. In the meantime, Jaban, the Persian, who Bahman appointed in his place, Jaban reached the army of Banu Bakr ibn Wa'il. He reached them. And he joined forces with them. And they were camped out at an, an area called Ullais. Now Ullais is not on the Tigris. Rather, it is on the Euphrates. Because remember, this is the Arab area. The Arab area was by the Euphrates. So they camped out in a place called Ullais. And these two armies joined. The Persian army under Jaban and the Arab army of Banu Bakr ibn Wa'il. So Khalid, he reached that location as well to fight these people. And he asked for Mubaraza. Khalid said, is there anyone who will fight me? Is there anyone who will come out and have a duel with me? So the leader of Banu Bakr ibn Wa'il, the Arab leader of the tribe of Banu Bakr ibn Wa'il, he came out and he said, yes, I will fight you. So Khalid and the leader of Banu Bakr ibn Wa'il, they're fighting with each other and as you can probably guess who wins, Khalid ibn Walid, he kills the leader of Banu Bakr ibn Wa'il. And then the Muslims, they attack the army of Banu Bakr ibn Wa'il and they attack the army of Jaban, the supporting army of Jaban. Now, while this battle is going on, Banu Bakr ibn Wa'il and the army of Jaban, they're hoping that Bahman is going to come back. He's going to come back with support from the Kisra and we are going to be able to defeat Khalid and his army. So they're waiting for this support to come. They're waiting for Bahman to come back with support from the Kisra. But Bahman, he never shows up. He never shows up. So eventually, Banu Bakr ibn Wa'il and Jaban's Persian supporting army, they, they, they were crushed by Khalid ibn Walid. They were annihilated. They were destroyed by the forces of Khalid ibn Walid. Alhamdulillah. And Khalid... He took the spoils and again, he sent one-fifth to Abu Bakr for the Baytul Mal and he sent the good news to Abu Bakr once again for the fourth time. 
four victories against the Persians in a row, one after another. The first one at Kazimah, the second one at Athini, the third one at Al-Walaja, and this last one at Ulais. Four consecutive victories Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave the Muslims against the Persians, and that was under the leadership of Khalid ibn al-Walid, Saifullah, the sword of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And these four victories, these four consecutive victories against the Persians were in a span of two months. All of these four victories, it happened within the span of only two months. Just gives you some insight into the, the brilliance of Khalid ibn al-Walid. Alhamdulillah. So he's not called Saifullah for no reason. He is Saifullah. He is the sword of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Alright, so four massive victories against the Persians. And now Khalid, after this fourth victory, he was very upset with the Arabs of Banu Bakr ibn Wa'il. How can, can the Arabs, how can the Arabs join forces with the Persians and fight against other Arabs? Khalid and the Muslims, they're, they're Arabs. And Banu Bakr ibn Wa'il, they're also Arabs. So he's very upset. Like how did they align with the Persians and fight against us when we are from the same race. So he was upset about that and he decided that he would head to Al-Hira. Al-Hira was the capital of the Arab administered lands under the Persian Empire. So like we mentioned, on the west of the Euphrates River, that's where the Arabs who were under Persian rule, that's where they used to live. So they basically had their own governorate in that area on the west of the Euphrates and the capital of the Arab governor, governorate that was under Persian rule it was a place called Al-Hira so that was Arab administered land but under the umbrella of the Persian Empire their capital was Al-Hira so Khalid said I'm going to go to Al-Hira and I'm going to crush the Arab capital I'm going to crush the capital of the Arabs who are under Persian rule so he headed towards Al-Hira. That was the next part of Khalid's plan to go to Al-Hira. And inshallah we'll speak about what Khalid ibn al-Walid did at Al-Hira. We'll speak about what happened there next week bi Wallahu alam sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi ajma'in.